Well, good morning, everyone. As you know, I'm uh, Stephen's brother, Pastor David. Uh, my wife and myself, we've been in ministry now 26 years. Uh, I'd give you a little bit of a background, but my wife's probably a little bit better at it than me. <laughs> I'm not eloquent in speech, but I walk in the anointing and the power of the Spirit. So if you need a miracle today, then you've come to the right place. Uh, I would like to share today and prepare your hearts to be able to receive the miracle that you need. Would you like that? Amen? I, I, you know, myself, I like uh, participation in a ministry. And so if you can just open up a little bit and say amens or hoorahs, or, or you can just turn around and say hallelujah, or if I say, say this, you can say it after me, that'd be great. Amen? Oh, that was well done. You go to top of the class, top of the class. I want to thank uh, Pastor Neil and his wife, Joe. Last night, we went out to dinner together. And I actually found that I was related to Pastor Neil. It's, it's, I know it's a shock to Steve over here, but we actually found out that we're related. We're in the steak-loving family. I don't know about I think there might be a few more men around here with that idea, steak-loving family, right? Well, that relation, I believe it's going to go a long way. Steak, love and family. Amen? Maybe some of you girls out there as, as well have that same relation. Steak, love and family. You like that? Yeah. Who's a steak, love and family? Come on. Who's a steak, love and family? Oh, there's, there's going to be a few Barbies on this afternoon. <laughs> I love a barbecue. Look, today I want to share with you a lot of revelation. Today I want to share with you, I love the Word of God. I grew up under Kenneth e. Hagen. He's a stickler of the Word of God and I love the Word of God. Uh, probably about eight months ago, I had an encounter with Jesus. He stood beside my bed and downloaded to me a whole lot of revelation that has been growing and unfolding over the last eight months and continues to grow. I believe that the Word of God says that in the last days, knowledge shall increase. Is that true? I, and I also believe that God wants knowledge of His Word and what He expects from us as well as Christians so that we can receive from Him. Amen? The Scripture says all things are possible to those who believe. The Scriptures also say that when Jesus walked the earth, He could do no mighty work because of their unbelief of his own hometown. So, I have a message that I'm not going to be sharing today and it talks about everything that we have in God and we can receive from God is all received through faith. You look at the book of Hebrews in chapter 11 and it talks about the great men and women of God who walked in faith and accomplished many things for him. Who wants to accomplish something for God? Amen? Uh, about half of you, okay. Uh, truly, who wants to accomplish something for God? You really want to accomplish something? You're here for a purpose. I have another message that reveals that we're all here because in the beginning, God. Amen? In the beginning, God created the heavens. And the reason why we're here is the loving with all our heart, with all our soul, with all our mind and all our strength and to love one another as He has loved us. Is that true? And I tell you, we're here for the purpose of God. And you are here 
Maybe you've come for the first time today. Maybe you've come here and you've been checking this church out. But you're here for a purpose and a reason inside this fellowship. Inside this fellowship. You're here to receive from God today. You're here for a purpose. You're here. You have a destiny in God. Even before the creation of the world, He knew you. He knew you in his, even when he formed you in your mother's womb. He knew you and you have been birthed into this time for such a time as this. You say, oh, I just feel a little bit overwhelmed. That's where his grace is sufficient for you. Amen. You don't need to feel overwhelmed. All you got to do is run to him with open arms and loving arms and his grace is sufficient for you. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. I don't know about you, but that comforts me. Comforts me. Does it comfort you? There's a few over here I'm going to start preaching to. Come on, guys. Come on, guys. Amen, amen, amen. This is the pastor's side. (laughs) Hallelujah. Amen. Are you ready to receive from God today? I'm serious. Are you ready to receive from God today? You know, I've had encounters in the paradise where I've walked with Jesus. I've had encounters into the throne room where I've visited the throne room of Almighty God. I've I've seen legions of angels stand before me and the Holy Spirit spoke to me and said, command them to do this. And they went forth and did what the Holy Spirit spoke to me to do, is tell them. I'm telling you, all things are possible to those who believe. Amen? Are they not all ministering spirits sent forth to minister to those who are heirs of salvation? Amen? Amen? You see, God wants to visit earth more than you want him to visit earth. He really does. Thy will be done on earth as it is done in heaven. God wants to come to earth and visit you in your homes, in your families, in your relations. Hallelujah! Those loving relations. Hallelujah! Amen? God wants to touch your life today. But you have to open yourself up for Him to do that. Hallelujah. It's your decision. It's your decision of how much of God you have in your life. You say, God's not touching me. Well, it's because of your decisions. Hallelujah. That was a word for someone. Say, it's me. (laughs) Hallelujah. Come on. Eight months ago, Jesus appeared beside my bed. He spoke to me and told me what the weapons of our warfare are. Now, I'm not ministering on that today. But from that revelation of what our weapons of our warfare are, and to let you know, That is the gifts of the Spirit. From that revelation, he then explained to me what the full armor of God is upon our life. And it's not what a lot of people think it is. We don't fight with the full armor of God. We stand with the full armor of God. You know, why do we always want to fight a defeated foe? According to your faith, let it be unto you. Why do we always want to fight a devil who Jesus Christ has already defeated and spoiled and made a public show of openly triumphing over him in it? 
Why do we always want to try to overcome a devil that has already been overcome? Is that true? Revelation. You see, we are the ones who either allow God to come into our circumstances or grieve his spirit and stop God from coming into our circumstances. Where is Jesus Christ right now? Anyone? At the right hand of the Father. Where is the Holy Spirit right now? On earth. Has he gone home yet to be with the Father and Son and have we been raptured yet? No. So the Holy Spirit is here right now to accomplish the Father's pleasures and the Father's desires on earth. Does God will none to perish but all to come to eternal life? Does God want people healed? Does God want people delivered? Does God want people uh, blessed? How does that come to pass? Are we grieving the presence of the Holy Spirit in our life to stop the reality of God manifesting himself in our life? That is a good question. If we are, then that needs to stop. I believe Jesus left the greatest commandment at all for the body of Christ to fulfill. And it doesn't say some of your heart you should love him with. It doesn't say some of your soul you should love him with. It doesn't say some of your strength you should love him with. It's your all, your heart, your mind, your soul and your strength. And what I find is when I go through churches and I go through uh, different ministries around Australia, over in the Philippines, in India, in China, in all the different places of the world that I've been in New Zealand, in, in, in Vanuatu, in all the different places, what I find is the body of Christ is dying for lack of knowledge. Amen? Oh, wow, it's very quiet in this Pentecostal church. Hallelujah. <laughs> and you know what I also find in the body of Christ? I find the opinions of men and not the opinions of the Father. Well, that's not necessarily all true. I do find the opinions of the Father because a lot of people have the word. But I also find the opinions of men that exalt themselves against the knowledge of God. You know, because knowledge has increased in these last days, so many people are lifted up because they're hearing and hearing and hearing and they think they know better than the Holy Spirit, the pastor, the one whom God has placed over your life to to, to, to direct and help your life. You know, the Word of God talks about don't, don't, don't grieve the man of God who's been placed within your life. Amen? Because it's not well with you if you do. Is that true? Is that true? You see, what I find in the kingdom of God is everything works 
from authority. You look at even the Jewish custom. The oil flows down upon the head of Aaron, down upon his beard. The beard is a bridge to the blessed plate of righteousness down upon his garments. Amen? And you, I find that when I submit myself to authority, that's when I walk in the greatest authority. Amen? When I honor the authority where God has placed me, that's when the blessing of that authority can cover my life. That's also for a word for someone. You want the blessing of God? Submit yourself. Come, come unto, you know, submission is not being a doormat. Submission is, is a blessing. Submission is protection. Submission is a covering. Submission is a, it's such a blessing to submit yourself to men and women of God. By your word, you'll be justified, and by your word, you'll be condemned. And you know, a lot of times, because of our opinions, and because of our words, because of ourselves, because we have, think what we know best, that we have received so much more knowledge than another person, a lot of times, we exalt ourselves above measure. Is that true? Is that true? It's true, right? I believe the Lord told me to share this with you. And that is to honor those who are in authority over you. Honor. Don't use your words for evil. Don't use your opinions. You know, our opinion does not matter. I always say an opinion is a little bit like a nose. Usually has a couple of holes in it. It doesn't mean it's always correct, right? And some people's opinions are a little bit like a head. It has a few more holes in it. It has some eye holes, ear holes, nose holes, mouth hole. Is that correct? And you could even go so fine as even say the pores of the skin. <laughs> right? And that's what an opinion is like. And a lot of times we're exalting what we think above measure. And therefore we're grieving the Spirit of God from receiving from Him upon our life. pastor did not ask me to preach this. The Holy Spirit spoke to me to share this. Amen. And I haven't even gotten into my message yet. Hallelujah. I want to talk to you about a new creation. In 2 Corinthians chapter 5, verse 17, it says, Therefore, if anyone's in Christ, he is a new creation, all things are passed away. Behold, all things have become new. But I want to ask you, what does that mean? What does it mean? You become a new creation. Okay. What does it mean to become that new creation? I believe when we receive the Spirit of Christ into our heart, the Bible says that we were dead in our sins and our trespasses. And then, but, but why we were sinners, Christ died for the ungodly. Amen? And that when the Spirit of Christ comes to, into our heart, He makes alive our spirit that was dead in sin and trespass. Everyone say, our spirit. Not our soul. Our spirit is made alive. Our spirit is made a new creation. Our spirit is transformed 
into the very image and the very likeness of God. And that is the reason why the scripture says that you have become a new creation and you are the righteousness of God in Christ Jesus. Wow. See, your spirit is become the righteousness of God in Christ Jesus. Your spirit has become holy. And then the word of God says, the Holy Spirit comes in and seals our spirit unto the day of redemption. Wow. Our spirit is then sealed. You know, one time in the past when I was visiting into the throne room, and it wasn't in the throne room, this was in an auditorium in heaven, into one of the warehouses of heaven. I was actually visiting in the warehouse of heaven and someone met me at the door as I walked through the door. I just walked in there and then all of a sudden this guy met me and he said, Good day, how you going? I said, good, thanks. He said, welcome to heaven. And I went, okay, this is fun. Amen. Who wants to visit heaven? You know, I can even teach you how to visit heaven, but that's not my sermon today. Hallelujah. We've had encounters. Over in the Philippines, we teach the young people how to visit heaven and have encounters with God. Then we have a prayer meeting. And I tell you, so many of them are having visitations with Jesus, seeing great and glorious angels, seeing lights appear to them, having encounters going into the throne room of God, walking in paradise with Jesus. So many of them are doing it. All it is is a lack of knowledge how to receive from God. See, blessed are the pure in heart, for they shall see God. Amen? And then the scripture turns around and says, not only is blessed in the pure heart, but they shall see God. It says that God is a rewarder of those who diligently seek him. The problem is we're not making him the center of our life. Hallelujah. And when we do make him the center of our life and we give him all our heart, there's always a reward. And every reward is different to every person because he knows the reward that you need. Hallelujah. And you know what? When I had visitations to heaven, it's not for my purpose. It's for his purpose. Every time I've gone there or every time he's appeared to me, it's for his purpose. I haven't gone there of my own free will or by my own act, but it's always been to glorify his name and reveal things to me. And what he revealed to me when I greeted this person in this warehouse, I turned around and said, good day. He said, welcome to heaven. And then as he said, welcome to heaven, there came a, a leader of, a, of the group that he was over. And he came running out of this, this bush and he had living water in his hand. And he threw this living water at me. He hit me. And I went, whoa. And I felt so good. Hallelujah. It felt so good. And then all of a sudden, and I looked at the guy and he said, don't you want to get him back? This is a revelation. Don't you want to get him back? And my soul, my thinking, looked to my spirit. I felt my thinking look to my spirit. And my spirit says, no, I don't want to get him back. And I looked at this guy. I said, no, I don't want to get him back. He said, that's right. There is no vengeance in heaven. Whoa. There's no vengeance in heaven. And I turned around, and I, then all of a sudden, the guy standing opposite me said, don't you think it would be fun to try? And my mind immediately looked in my spirit again, I think. And I, my thoughts was, do you think it's going to be fun to try to get him back? And I got, no. I don't want, there's no vengeance. I don't want to try to get him back. I, you know, there's only love in heaven. And I turned around, I said to this guy, I said, no, I don't think it would be fun to try to get him back. He said, that's right. And he said, but let's have some fun and try to get him just by having fun. And I went, okay. And do you know what? 
This is how much God on the story. No matter how many times I run down, there was a bush, there was trees, and then in through this all the time, there was sand, and then there was a living water, and then there was a creek flowing through, and then there was sand on the other side with bush on the other. And I ran down in this water, I scooped up some living water in my hand. And the funny thing is, it stayed in my hand like a ball. That was amazing to me. And I turned around and threw it at this leader, and God honors leadership so much that no matter how many times I sprayed it at him, I threw it at him, no matter how many times he just dived, he ducked, he swayed, and no matter how many times I couldn't hit him. Because God, the Spirit, would be telling him exactly the way the water's going and he, he would dodge it. He'd, sometimes he dives. I got together with a friend. We tried to spray water. He, he went high, I went high, he went low. And we tried to spray water at him and he dived in between it. And then he, he gets up and he goes, <laughs> and the joy was infectious. And we're all laughing and we're splashing one another in the living water. We're all laughing and it's so much fun. And you know what? I said, Lord, why did you take me to heaven when I got back to my earth? He said, I wanted to break the religious spirit off you and I wanted you to learn how to enjoy yourself. And I said, hey man, let's go again. <laughs> and when I, had this, when I had this visitation to heaven, I woke up and I saw my wife and I said, darling, I've just been to heaven. And the presence of God was filling the house with the glory, with the Shekinah glory. And I said, can you feel the presence of God? She's going, ha, ha, ha. She woke her up, you know. She's like, I'll go back to bed. So I just went back to bed and I worshipped for two hours and worshipped myself to sleep. Amen. Amen. But the whole moral of the story is we're a new creation. And the purpose, the reason why I told you that story is because your soul cannot go to heaven unless your spirit is a new creation. That's why you must be born again to inherit the kingdom of God. I want you to go to another scripture. Let's go to 1 Corinthians chapter 6, verse 19 and 20. It says, Or do you not know that your body is the temple of the Holy Spirit who is in you, whom you have from God and you are not your own? For you were bought at a price. Therefore glorify God in your body and your spirit, which are, which are, which are God's. Our spirit does not belong to us. It belongs to God. Our body, from dust we came, from dust returned. The earth is the Lord's, the fullness of it. It belongs to God. But our soul, our soul belongs to us. That's where our mind, our, our will, and our thinking. You know, the scripture says, it says, um, it says, now may the God of peace himself sanctify you completely. And may your whole spirit, soul, and body be preserved blameless at the coming of our Lord Jesus. So God not only wants your spirit made a new creation, He wants your body in alignment and He wants your soul in agreement with your spirit. Amen? Amen? So in other words, God wants our soul to be renewed with the washing of regeneration by the Word of God and the presence of the Spirit of God. Hallelujah. You know, what the, you know what the Word of God is for? It's not for fighting a defeated foe. The Word of God is not for a sword as a lot of people think. A lot of The Word of God is for the washing of regeneration, the renewal of the Holy Spirit within our life. It's to renew our mind and to the image of Jesus Christ. That's what the Word of God is for. You look at Jesus. Did He fight the devil? 
No, he positioned himself in the Word. Positioning himself in the Word. You know what the full armor of God is? It's not to fight the devil, a defeated foe. It's to position ourselves in him. His righteousness, his peace, his truth, his, the faith that we have quenches all the fiery dust. What in him and what he has done for us. The helmet of salvation, who we have our hope and fixed in him. Hallelujah. Is this revelation? It is. And this is what Jesus revealed to me eight months ago that he wants to reveal to the body of Christ. Stop fighting a defeated foe. Having done all the stand, stand there for it. Stand in one. Stand in what Jesus Christ has already done in faith. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. And how do we do that? How do we do that? I love the how-tos. I love the how-tos. I, you know, this, this, is, this is an amazing thing. I, I, every time I preach, I just don't preach what to do. I try to preach how to. Because for me, I like things simple. I'm not eloquent in speech. I'm very simple in speech. And therefore, I like things simply revealed to me so I can reveal it to others. Amen? So, may your whole spirit, soul, and body be preserved blameless at the coming of the Lord Jesus Christ. And we see the Scriptures that our, our spirit... And our body belong to God. But our soul is where we work out our salvation with fear and trembling. Knowing the righteous judgment of God. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. How many of us truly, truly, truly fear God? I tell you, if you really knew the judgment of God, you would fear Him. Not in a fearful way, but in a reverential way. Wow. And then you would never ever speak against authority because you, you saw what happened to Paul, who was named Saul on the road to Damascus. How dare you persecute me? But we're just persecuting the church, Jesus, not you. Come on. You did it to the least of one of these, you've done it unto me. Come on. Are we the body of Christ? Amen? So in other words, Satan uses your words to try to curse your brother and sister and he turns around and tries to use your words to bring spiritual darkness and opposition against your brother and sister when you use your words for evil and not for good. Whatever things are true, whatever things are noble, whatever things are good report, if there be any virtue, if there be any praiseworthy, meditate on these things and the God of peace will be with you. Amen? Look, I'm giving you 10 sermons in one here, truthfully. <laughs> Come on. What is our life right? Are we really humble before God? Are we really fearful of, of what is going to come about? Are you blessed so far? Hallelujah. Who believes they're going in the rapture? Two people, three people. Who really believes that? They're going in the rapture. A couple down the back. Okay. The scripture in 1 John chapter 3, verse 3. 1 John chapter 3. And everyone who has this hope 
purifies himself just as he is pure. I'll just let that sink in a little bit. And everyone who has this hope purifies himself just as he is pure. I'm not preaching a condemnation message today. I'm preaching a conviction message so that you turn and you repent and you turn to God with all your love and all your heart. Amen? Because then the Word of God says in, in Acts chapter 3, I think it's verse 19, that times of refreshing will come. Times of refreshing will come. What does Peter say? He says, repent and be converted. Whoa, not just repent and be converted. That times of refreshing may come from the presence of the Lord. Who wants their miracle? Who wants their breakthrough? Who wants, who wants what God has for them? Repent and be converted. Repent and be converted. Now, this, this is not, this is talking to the church today because the church itself has, has embraced an immorality within, within the body that basically God is not pleased with. Shall we sin that grace may abound? Certainly not. Amen? Look what it says in Ephesians chapter 5. Verse 25 to verse 27. Husband, love your wives just as Christ loved the church and gave himself for it. That he may sanctify and cleanse her with the washing, with the washing by the word. That he may sanctify and cleanse her with the washing. If you're not reading the word, then how can you align yourself with the word? Where is the washing of regeneration happening? Anyone? Can't be in our spirit. Our spirit's already sealed. It's a new creation. There's a good hint for you. Anyone? In our soul. In our soul. What is the Word of God for? It's the washing of regeneration by the Word of God. It's to help us transform into His image and into His likeness. What is His image and what is His likeness? It's the character of the Spirit, the fruit of the Spirit. So when we get born again, the character of Christ comes within us. The fruit of the Spirit comes within us. And then, well, that's why the Scripture says in Romans 5, 5, the love of God has been shared abroad in our heart by the Holy Spirit. See, the love of God is in our spirit, but we need to transform and renew our soul into that image. Can you say amen or oh me? Amen or oh me? Well, we're going to get to the oh me in a minute. That he may sanctify and cleanse her with the washing of the word of God, that he might present her, the church, to himself. When Jesus comes, this is how we're going to be. That he may present her to himself, not having spot or wrinkle. What does that mean? Hang on, I'm the righteousness of God in Christ Jesus. No, that's your spirit. Where's the spot and wrinkles? It's not a trick question. In our soul. So that he may present her having, without not having spot or wrinkle or any such thing, but she should be holy. And without blemish. 
You know what happens? Every time we sin, it blemishes or spots or wrinkles our soul. Sin defiles the soul. And when you do enough of the same sin, it becomes a stronghold. And then what happens is we give place to the devil. The Word of God says, do not give place or do not, nor give place to the devil. Amen? It says, submit yourself to God, resist the devil and he will flee from you, right? It says, cleanse your hands, you sinners, purify your hearts, which actually means your soul, you double-minded. Lament, mourn and weep, let your laughter be turned into gloom, right? Right? Hallelujah. So in other words, every time we do something that displeases God and it's sin, it marks our soul. And what happens is, is when, we, when we mark our soul too much, what happens is we give place to the devil so much that then he starts to have authority. And the more authority we give him, then it becomes a stronghold. And then it becomes an addiction. Hallelujah. You want to be free? You know, I, this, is, this is very simple. Let me just teach you how to pray to be free. You want to know how to be free? If you've got an addiction, pornography, drugs, lust, whatever it is, if you've got an addiction, maybe it's greed, maybe it's money, there's lots of addictions out there, right? If you've got an addiction, this is how you pray. Lord, forgive me for that addiction. I repent. Now, Lord, I not only ask for your forgiveness... But I ask your blood to wash away the stains, the spots, the wrinkles in my soul. And now, Lord, I open myself up for you to heal my soul from the damage the canker worm has stolen and destroyed within my life. Hallelujah. You see, a lot of times when we're praying for people, we say, God, heal them. Heal their body. Heal, heal their life. And all, even when we're praying, we say, Lord, forgive me, forgive me, forgive me. But we never ask God, Lord, heal our soul. Wash away the spots and wrinkles so that we have no place in us to give authority to the devil. Hallelujah. That's why strongholds uh, uh, become into people's lives. Because of the continued sin that they revel in. And then what it becomes, it becomes a stronghold. And then, then all of a sudden, they can even become spiritually oppressed where they have given place to Satan to rule and reign in those areas. And they feel, oh, oh God, I just can't break free from the sin every time I just run back into the sin. No, you just need to repent. And then ask God to heal the damage that you caused within yourself. Do you know what the Word of God says? It says the sins of the forefathers are passed down to the third and fourth generation. Where is it passed down? In our soul. It's not passed down in our spirit. Look at Jesus Christ. He's a perfect example of a Lamb of God without spot and without blemish. Amen? So what happened to Jesus Christ? He was not born of a man. How does how he was born of a woman, born of the Holy Spirit. The seed of the Holy Spirit entered into Mary's womb and he was born of the Spirit. Just like me and you when we get born again. But that's not all. That's not all. We're meant to then allow the washing, the regeneration of the Spirit to renew our soul to his image. 
to his likeness. So with Jesus, he was a pure and spotless lamb. In other words, Jesus had no sin in him. You know what the Word of God says? It said he had nothing in common with the devil. Wow! That's why he could easily overcome him. That's why when he went to the cross, God was well pleased with his sacrifice. Because, and the Word of God says that even hell itself, in the book of Acts, it says even hell itself could not hold him because, say, because of his soul was pure. Hallelujah! And you know what? We're saying, oh Jesus, I want to go in the rapture. And we're full of blemishes. And we're full of spots. And we're full of what we think. And we're full of what our opinions are. Come on! How dare we even think like that? Humble yourself under the mighty hand of God that He may raise you up. Amen. Amen. This is our identity in Christ. This is who we are in Christ. This is how we should be living for Christ. And then we turn around and say, Oh, well, today I'll live for myself. Tomorrow is church. I'll live for Him. Come on. How dare we even try to live for ourselves? Our lives are meant to be consecrated, loving with all our heart, with all our soul, with all our mind and all our strength. And because we do that, then we can love one another. Oh man, I, I love you guys. That's why I'm sharing this truth with you. I'm not sharing to bash you, to beat you. I'm sharing it to help you come out from the darkness into His marvelous light. You know what happens when we put the full arm of God on? What happens is when we put the full arm of God, we're putting on Christ Jesus. We're putting on the armor of light. Wow. What is the full armor of God? It's the armor of light in whom there is no shadow or darkness or shadow of turning. Hallelujah. It's the word of God. We're putting on Christ Jesus himself. We're conforming to his image. We're conforming to his likeness. And then it says, having done all to stand, stand. Because your identity is not in yourself. Your identity is in Him. And therefore, because your identity is in Him, Satan has no place in you. He has no grounds around you. He has no authority over you. And he has to flee. Woo! Victory! Thank you, Jesus! It's all what you did, Lord! Hallelujah! Doesn't this make sense? Yes, Lord. I could go on and tell you a lot about spots and blemishes and everything else, but the Lord told me to talk about something else. I want to talk about forgiveness. Come on. People say, oh, I've forgiven. Let me tell you a circumstance that happened in my life. I went through a very, as a pastor, I went through a very, very traumatic time. I had a church split. I don't know about you, but the people who you give your life for, you give your life year after year after year, and then they turn around and they get you all wrong, and they have a congregation mentality instead of a senior pastor's mentality, and they turn around and accuse you falsely, go to your head authority over you and accuse you falsely to them. That hurts so deep. And you know what the Lord told me? He said, do not fight with them. Take all the blame. Suffer the shame. Do not fight with them. And I did. 
the very, I laid on the couch for a day and a half saying, God, please, I could just ring them and I could explain everything. It's just a simple phone call, maybe half an hour, an hour. I can easily explain everything. He said, do not fight with them. But Lord, if I, if I, maybe I can visit them. Do not fight with them. Uh, how else can I get around this? And I tried everything within myself to try and convince the Lord that I can fix this situation. And every time, do not fight with them. 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 You know what happened? A day and a half, I laid on that couch weeping, crying, suffering. And on that second day, I got up halfway through the day and I humbly came to my beautiful wife and I said, Love, love, the Lord told me do not fight with them. So I'm not going to justify myself. I'm not going to defend myself. I'm, I'm going to let this circumstance that has happened take away the whole church. And do you know what happened? When I took up my cross and I didn't fight with him and I followed him, I felt oil come down from the throne of God and literally pour upon my head all the way down through my whole body. Wow. If I could just experience that one more time. And you know what? From that day, I never looked back. I, ha I was reinvigorated. I, I was encouraged. I, it's like I had a new vision, a new purpose, a new destiny. A month went past. God was revealing to me. I, just after a month, Jesus appeared to my, beside my bed and he told me the name of our ministry. That is the heart of the lion ministry. Jesus himself told me that name. I said to my wife, I said, we're not going to talk about a name or anything within the church, of a church, you know, name of a church. About a month went past. Jesus appeared beside my bed, 4.30 in the morning. I got out of bed. I walked into the room, saw my beautiful wife, and I said, darling. She said, oh, good morning. I've been thinking of a name, but I can't, re I can't think of one. And I said, that's all right. Jesus just told me. Amen. And I, I told her, we're not going to speak about this for a month. And then another visitation and another visitation. I said, Lord, I've got some areas in my life that I need healing before I can get out there and minister. Unless you come and heal me, I'm not going to move from this ministry. I'm not going to do anything. He came. He visited me on my bed. He healed me. Amen. And I said all this for this purpose. Three months went by. three months and I still had the wound you know Jesus took our wounds he carried our sorrows he was acquainted with grief he, the wound that I had suffered, the deep wound that I had suffered in my head every time I remembered those people I would feel the pain in my heart but in my head I would say Lord I forgive him Lord, I forgive them. Lord, I forgive them. But in my heart, I, I could feel the pain of what they had did, what they had said. They wrote me a letter. What was completely wrong. I kept that letter. But now it's destroyed. <laughs> Hallelujah. Amen. And you know what? I read that letter so many times. The more I read it, it's like I relived it and I hurt myself even more. 
And I, I was so deeply wounded within myself. And one day, I was laying down in bed praying. And the Holy Spirit appeared above me. And I'm like, oh, yes, Holy Spirit. You know, when the Holy Spirit appears, you, you can know the difference between Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. There's three different individual personalities. It's absolutely amazing. And the Holy Spirit appeared above me. And he turned around and said to me, he said, Son, and I said, yes, Lord. He said, if you don't get rid of that hurt out of your heart, you're going to hell. And I went, what? 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 Hang on. Jesus, I'm saying I forgive them. And he said, yeah, it's unforgiveness in your heart. I said, but I'm saying I forgive them continually. He says, but you're still got the hurt in your heart. And he says, yes. He said, that's unforgiveness. You're still hurting. You're, st you're still holding on to it. It's unforgiveness. And he took me deeper than I wanted to go. <laughs> it's, you know, the Lord has a way of taking you deeper than you've ever gone before. You know, a bit like Star Trek. They go deeper than they've ever gone before. Well, the Lord took me deeper. And he said, son, if you do not forgive, neither can I forgive you your sin. So and then he turned around and said to me, he said, son, if they ask me, and he showed me a picture in a, in a vision of them, and he said, if they ask me forgiveness, see my unconditional love, and I saw a river of his unconditional love, and it was coming down. And he said, if they ask me forgiveness, I'd immediately forgive them, but you, my son, will go to hell. I said, but I'm a pastor. No excuse, you'll go to hell. Because you're holding on to what they did in your heart. Unforgiveness. Wow. And I went, Lord, I believe. Help my unbelief. Because I don't know how to get rid of what they did out of my heart. Right? Maybe there's some people today, you don't, you, people have done you wrong. And you don't know how to get rid of what they have said, what they have done in your life out of your heart. Is it true? Yes. And what happened with me, I said, Lord, I believe. I believe what you're telling me is true, that I will go to hell. Because your scripture says, if I don't get rid of this pain, this hardness, this bitterness within my heart, then I will go to hell. I said, but please, Lord, help my unbelief. I don't know how to get rid of it. And he said, show me that river of love. And he said, he said share the scripture. He said, son... If they ask me forgiveness, this is how I forgive. And he showed me. He removes their sin as far as the east is from the west. Oh. And he remembers their sin no more. I went, oh. Wow! Wow! He remembers their sin no more. And I said, how can I do that? He said, take what they have done to you and put it into that river of love that I have placed within your life. The love of God has been shed aboard in our heart by the Holy Spirit. And I took what they had done, what they had said, their actions, their deeds, their works, and I took it all and I placed it in that river. Oh, I was so holy. <laughs> and then all of a sudden the Lord said, let go. I went, eh, eh. <laughs> no, if I let go, I know the scripture that's removed as far as the east is from the west and I have to remember there's sin no more. In other words, I can't hold it against them. I don't want to let go, Jesus. And he said, no, let go. You see, this is the hurt that was in my soul. This was the pain that I suffered through the injury of what they had done against me. It's not only our sin, it's the traumas that we go through that injure our soul. 
And then straight away, he said the second time, let go. Yes, Lord. And I opened my hand and I let go. And I saw what they had done be washed away with the love and purity of his love. And then I felt a freshness of the Holy Spirit heal my soul. Like a breath of fresh air. And I felt all the pain, all everything go. And then I heard these words. And do not hold it against them. No, no. And then that day, I went, Lord, how can I hold it against them anymore? You've taken it away. You've taken it away. How can I hold on to that anymore? Your blood, your love has removed that from my life. How can I hang on to that? How can I hold on to that? Amen? Amen? And you know, life's journey on earth is a preparation ground to heaven. What we experience on earth, what we go through on earth, is a preparation gown to where we're going to spend eternity. You know, the Word of God says that the trees that grow beside the river of life and also in the midst of the road of the garden, uh, it, it turns around and says that the leaves are for the healing of the nations and the fruit is for also for the healing. Jesse Duplantis said uh, when, he, when he went to heaven and he had a visitation to heaven, that he saw people eating this fruit that grew on the trees. And if you have a look at the book of Revelations, it says the 12 fruit hang on the tree. And do you know there's 12 fruit of the Spirit? 3 in Colossians chapter 3, 9 to 11, and, th and the rest are in Ephesians uh, about the fruit of the Spirit. Or is it Galatians? I can't remember. I always get confused between those two. Galatians chapter 5. The fruit of the Spirit, 12 fruit that hang on the tree. And what Jesse DePlana said, he said he saw these people eating this fruit and, he, and the leaves that smell these leaves. And you know what it is? It's for the restoring of people's souls because of the goodness and mercy of God. Because he also said that they could not go to the throne of God until they had been cleansed. But the whole purpose of every person on that road and on the, beside the river was their whole purpose was to get to the throne of God. Hallelujah. You see, we all go through things. We all go through things. But it's how we handle it. You know, forgiveness is like a debt. Forgive us our debts as we forgive our debtors. We can either hold on to the debt or we can release that. Forgiveness, Jesus said it like this. Whatever sins you retain, they retain. Whatever sins you release, they're released. In the book of John, chapter 20. That's what forgiveness is. And where do we retain those things? In our soul. Our spirit belongs to God. It's a new creation. It's our soul that we're on a journey on. And our soul is our mind, our will, and our emotions. Some people are so damaged emotionally. You see, in the church, it's like a hospital. So many people are here to receive healing in their life. Why? Because they come for the presence of God. And do you notice that when you start worshipping God, you start to sense His presence? What's happening is the presence of God starts washing your soul and starting to fill your soul with His love, His joy, His peace. That's why your soul, that's why you spend, you spend daily in the presence of the Lord. Why? Because you need His presence daily to watch your life. 
I know my brothers already probably saw me. I'm praying in tongues. I'm trying to sing in tongues always, purposely, just loving Him, trying to be with Him always. Because every day we go through things, whether it's at work or whether it's at home or whether it's at play with our children and the children go through things and we need to teach them how to receive healing in our lives. You know what happens? I'll give you an example of what happened. A testimony. Who loves testimonies? Amen? Are you receiving something today? Over in the Philippines, there was a man. He had a tumor the size of my hand in his stomach. I turned around and uh, someone said to me, can you please pray for this man? You can see he's on death's door. Literally, you could see it eating him up. And they said, yes, we'll pray for him. And immediately, I started praying. Lord, I renounce the generational curses. I renounce the generational sins. He said, pray with me. So he started praying all these things. Oh, Lord, we forgive every person because unforgiveness is a key to cancer. Oh, Lord, we release, Lord, forgiveness to every person. Da-da-da-da. We prayed everything. Lord, we break the curses over his life. We break the generational curses over his life. We prayed everything we knew to pray. I said, and how is it now? He felt, and he said, oh, it's shrunk a little, but it's still there. And I went, well, that's not good enough. My wife was praying. We'd just been getting this revelation on the, on the healing of the soul. And, 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 and he turned around and my Lord spoke a little word to my wife. And he said, as a little boy. As a little boy? And he said, I don't know if you know what this means, but what does this mean something to you as a little boy? And he turned around and he said, yes, my sister. Oh! No matter what I did, my sister would beat me, slap me, kick me, abuse me, yell at me. Oh, she was really bad to me. We said, ah, there's the door. There's the authority given place to the devil. We said, we'd already prayed for forgiveness for everything. But when we got specific about the offense and the bitterness in his soul, and he asked for forgiveness for the offense and the bitterness in his soul, immediately we said where's the cancer after he dealt with it and he got rid of all of it immediately the cancer had disappeared you see when you don't give place to the devil the devil has to leave he has to flee hallelujah resist the devil submit yourself to god and he will flee from you the word of god is true we have seen this time and time again. We've ministered this in all different areas of people's different lives where they've suffered traumas in their life as a little boy. There was one man, he was a pastor, and, and he seemed to be having difficulty in his ministry, in his life. And we turned around and said, I, I, the Holy Spirit, I was just sitting there praying, and the Holy Spirit said, there's something that happened to him as a little boy. And I, and I turned around and said, there's something, go back to the beginnings. That's what the Holy Spirit said. Go back to the beginnings. And they said, what do you mean go back to the beginnings? I said, go back to the beginnings of where this all stemmed from, where the problem started, where, where the attitude started, where the situation started. And straight away, the Holy Spirit brought something back to his remembrance. Hallelujah. See, the Holy Spirit works with you. And straight away, he turned around and he just said, okay, I, I received this word. The Holy Spirit's ministering this to me. I'm going to share it. He confessed it. He said, my school teacher, when I was young, he literally yelled at me in a, in a tone and a way that really hit me and I was never the same after that. See, a person of authority. It is a wound in his soul. And you know what happened? He asked God to forgive that wound and then heal that wound. And immediately in the spirit, I saw his life as the, right when he, the, when he was a kid and I saw it ripple effect. Do, 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 do. His whole life was healed to the present days. And now he's flourishing. His ministry is growing. 
Hallelujah. People are starting to respond to him in where they'd never respond before. And he's ministering this revelation that we've imparted into his life. And he's seeing it in the word of God. He's seeing it in the Psalms. He's seeing it all through the scriptures now. It's amazing. Wow. There's so many testimonies that I could tell you. One lady had breast lumps and breast cancer. Oh, man. And we said, I said, I prayed for her and I dealt with the situation. I said, you're not receiving. Go to my wife. Because I don't have time to pray for people a lot of times. I'm praying so many people. So my wife turned around and said, come over here. And she started ministering to her. And my wife just kept getting, there's unforgiveness. There's unforgiveness. There's unforgiveness. So she said, but I've forgiven everyone. I've forgiven everyone. I've forgiven everyone. No, there's unforgiveness. But I've forgiven everyone. No, there's unforgiveness. I have forgiven everyone. No, there's unforgiveness. Okay, it's my husband. He slept with a woman and I hold it against him. Oh, oh, and you know what happened? They prayed about it. The breast lump disappeared without even praying for the breast lump to disappear. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. That's the reality of spirit, soul, body. That's the reality. And we're to love the Lord with all our heart, with all our soul. I know today... Someone and people here have been touched by this word. And I would love to pray with you. I think that if we did an altar call, maybe over half of you or three quarters of you, maybe all of you would be out here. Right? Every time we get injuries in our soul and we keep those injuries, we're giving authority to the devil. We're giving place to the devil. How, you know... How do we, I always like the how-tos, how do we overcome? Let the washing of regeneration. My, my wife and I, we listen to the Word. We put the Word of God all night, listening to it as we sleep. Listening to it. Not loud, just quietly, so we can hear it. If I wake up, I listen to the Word of God. Because my love and affection, Jesus is the Word. Come on, we say, Jesus, heal me. He is the Word. He is the healer. Come on. I listen to the word and I refresh my soul. And when I wake up in the morning, whoo, I feel so good. I wake up in the middle of the night. It doesn't worry me, the word of God, because I, I love Jesus. I love the word. I listen to it. Mm, that's a little tasty morsel right there. Amen, Jesus. Does that mean I stop reading the word? No. Meditate in the word day and night. Amen. So that your way may be blessed and you may have good success. Amen. Okay, 